Okay, are we recording? Yes, that's recording now. I have my backup on the phone ready to go. Just put that right here so we have something to use in case of emergency. Okay, I think we're good to go. Season 59. All right, let's look. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Back on Tangent podcast, the only podcast missing half its cast, yet has still somehow improved. My name is Blake, and joining me today isn't Kyle, because Kyle's on break this week. Instead is Natalie. How are you doing today, Natalie? Are you taller than me? You have to speak louder for this. No. No, I refuse. You have to, no, dear. I refuse. It's, gonna, it's not going to pick you up if you don't speak loud. It, it hears me. It's, do you see that tiny line? That's you. That means no... <laughs> no one can hear you. You have to speak louder, babe. Are you okay? I'm, I'm doing. <laughs> Stop, I'm honey. Doing. No, no one can hear you. Stop ruining it. Alright. I'll just bring the mic closer to you. Oh, gross. Are we both floor ganging it? Okay. Why is your mother tell you not to be fun? <laughs> okay. No, we're fine. I can edit around this. Okay. Um, you will just have to talk louder though. Honey, <laughs> stop. I'm not doing nothing. Okay. Look at me. How are you doing today, Natalie? Sunday and I haven't done anything, so I'm doing fine. Okay, that's awesome, actually. Um, I like everybody's backups where I want it to be. Uh, let me just mic. Um, so how are you doing today, Natalie? It's Sunday and I've done nothing, so I'm doing well. That is amazing. And why are you here today? Because I live here and you showed up to my house <laughs> with a computer and Unannounced. a microphone. <laughs> Unannounced. Hey, Natalie, do you want to do a podcast? Yeah. You texted me after my nap. That was, that's not, my nap. That is not true, actually. I did not. How do you know if I was asleep? Well, I, I, we t- talked about this before. I didn't just show up at your house unannounced with a mic. <laughs> Although it would be really funny if I did do that. You've, you've been on the show once or twice before. You were on when we talked about the viking yes what was that what was it called the viking um, one it's just lion king but i'm the viking was, it was with the weird guy he needs to learn how to use more than one word northman yeah northman the northman yeah which was an all right movie but um you were there and you've been in the background of some other podcasts usually yelling at me for saying something stupid or giving me strange looks for saying something silly that you don't have the context of I don't like how you say strange looks, as if I don't know, because I'm not already <laughs> intimately familiar with your face. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, like, you'll look like, what is he talking about? Because sometimes I'll just start making a noise, and you're like, is this some sort of weird joke? Oh, by the way, we'll have a dog in the background, because... You won't let me let my dog in. The dog is so loud. <laughs> the dog is incredibly loud. She's lo- crying. I, she'll be okay. She is fine. Stop making me sound like a poor animal abuser. <laughs> But yeah, there's a dog in the background. She'll be fine. She's just loud, so we had to put her outside. But he, she's He was giving her strange looks earlier. I was not giving her yes, strange looks. Were. What was I why was I giving her strange looks? Because uh, she was she was rolling around in a ball biting <laughs> <laughs> her whole tail. <laughs> Your dog is weird though. She's very dog like. She's very dog like, but dogs are weird in general. Like they do oh, there's the dog again. Um but yeah, instead of just talking about your dog, we're going to be talking about the movie, uh, Jordan Peele's Nope, which is the third Jordan Peele feature. Um, he's made Get Out, he made Us, and then he's made this. He produced Candyman, but he did not direct Candyman, which no. a lot of people like credit that as a Jordan Peele movie, but he was just a producer. He it's didn't like direct it. that trailer we saw before Nope, where it was this random horror movie, and they're like, from the guy who produced that movie, yeah, and the guy who produced this movie. Which is a common trope in marketing, mm-hmm. and I kind of hate it, because it's like, you remember that really good movie? Well, this guy, like, paid for it. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't, like, build it. It's like, you know the guy who built your house? Well, not that guy, but the guy who hired him. 
he, he hired another guy to build this house. It's like, yeah, but he just has money. He didn't, like, actually make the thing. Um, it's like Michael Bay producing Transformers. Or, sorry, Steven Spielberg producing Transformers. A lot of the posters will say Steven Spielberg in big letters and then tinier letters, Michael Bay. Because Michael Bay is not a draw, but Steven Spielberg is. That's why people never realize at this point. Uh, people do, but, like, Steven Spielberg has more respect, I think. Like, in the filmmaking world, like, people well, are like, oh. Of, um, Schindler's List. Well, it's just Schindler. But also, he's made, like, a lot of, like, Indiana Jones, E.T. Like, he's made a lot of really, Indiana good, Jones movies. Is really good movies. Indiana Jones is amazing. And one day, we'll have another Indiana Jones that I like. I've al- I've been on the quest my entire life to get more Indiana Jones. And we, I, there is none. Like, I, I like National Treasure. I like the Tomb Raider movie. But I will, there will never oh, be. Oh, you just want more adventure. I want, like, adventure treasure. I actual Indiana Jones. It can, it doesn't have to be Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. but it has to be something that gives me that feeling of, like, adventure and fun and like magic. the Goonies. I've never seen the Goonies. The Goonies are fun. It's actually got one of the same actors from the second film, Temple of Doom. The guy, the kid who plays the little boy is also in the Goonies. Short round? Yeah. He's in the, is he one yeah, of, like, the, the crew? Yeah, he's in the Goonies, yeah. Ah, I did not know that. I don't remember his name in the Goonies, though. I just remember, um, there was a kid named Mouth. <laughs> and I think Mike. Like, Mouth, like, your mouth, you, yeah, cause you he, eat with he Mouth? Was, yeah, because he was always, um, mouthing off. That's the joke. Ah, uh-huh. ha, it's mm-hmm. one of those nicknames yeah. in the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that's fun. Um, and, yeah, but anyways, nope, um... So going into Nope, I I did have high expectations because I like Jordan Peele a lot. I've really enjoyed his last two movies. Um, I don't think you had seen. I think I was the one who finally convinced you to watch Get Out. I think I was you like, know, you, I, I wanted to watch it beforehand. Okay. Did I watch it? Yeah, I watched it with you though for the first time. Yeah. I just um, you know, sometimes some movies are really easy to watch and others are always checked out at the library and it's like, you must spend $4 to buy this. <laughs> and you don't want to give Amazon more money. Yeah, so yeah. it was one of those things. But Get Out is great. I really do enjoy it. Um, I remember when it came out too, like, it was like this weird thing. Everyone was like, you gotta see it, man. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? Why? They're like, you specifically have to see it. I don't it. think anyone explained it well to me. Yeah. Like, I watched it and it wasn't what I was expecting at all. Exactly. That's the problem mm-hmm. I had with it, but not really problem. But that's the. Thing I really I had. enjoyed it. I don't Me want too. people to think like, "Oh, she she was disappointed." I was not. No, I thought no. it was great. A lot of people are just bad at explaining what movies are. I don't think they. A lot of people understood what they watched. Because, <laughs> what do you mean? Well, how people explain it to me. Um, I'm assuming the people listening to this have seen Get Out. If you I haven't, it's that. spoilers. I okay, guess maybe. I guess just stop listening. Um, <laughs> it's fine. But. It's like, four years old. You can spoil the white, it. So the white family is the antagonist. They're the villains. Yeah. And how it was explained to me was that, like, they were super racist, which they are. Yeah. But, like, rednecks? Yeah, that's what yeah, pe- how like, people explained it to me. They're not rednecks, yeah. Like, I mean, they did film it in Alabama, but it's not supposed to be in Alabama. Right, right. It's, like, upper middle <laughs> not class. Not to say that everyone in Alabama is racist, but, like, you know, the redneck stereotype. Yeah, but, like, it's, mm-hmm. like, upper middle class, like, New England is the vibe yeah, it's it has. supposed to be, like, white liberals, you know? Yeah, like, Massachusetts. Yeah, or so Maine. it's, like, harm people who think they're woke that are actually being harmful. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, a new, it's not a new kind of racism. But a new kind to screens. Yeah. That's what I think is interesting about it. Um, and it's it's a really good meme. Mm-hmm. Like, it's scary. It's weird. It's very unique. Like, that's the biggest thing about it is that, like, there isn't anything like it. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I really liked Us. I know some people were disappointed by Us. Um, and they didn't really enjoy it because they didn't mm-hmm. find it as, like, um, socially conscious, I guess, as Get Out. And it, was, it didn't have the same message. Mm-hmm. But I enjoy Us more as a movie. I think on a second rewatch, because I've seen Us twice, and I've seen Get Out, like, two or three times. I That dog is going nuts. Yeah, would you just let her in? She's okay. Don't worry. Um, on a second or third rewatch, I enjoy Us more, I think, than Get Out. And I think that's just because it's scarier. I think Us is a far creepier movie than mm-hmm. Get Out is. Um, just because of, like, the, like, the creepy family and, like, it's, the weird uh, rabbits. It's also not explained which i think is really great yeah which is something he does in um, nope well of course get get out has to be explained because it's humans perpetrating Mm -hmm. and plus it's also it's we've talked about this um after nope we were driving home but of the three jordan peele films Uh i think that get out is the most self-conscious which makes sense yeah for a freshman film because 
it's him articulating himself to the world like mm-hmm. these are themes i'm interested in this is what i want to portray and exactly how i want to portray it so i think although everyone talks about how it's such um a groundbreaking different film that it is in a lot of ways it's um i think more cognizant of not more cognizant but like it's it's more cognizant of itself as like a, as a first film not as a film mm-hmm. we'll get to that when we're when we get to nope because i have some opinions about that yeah <laughs> Um, and I guess you could even say Us, because Us does replicate a lot of famous horror shots, which I really like. Yeah. But, um, it, do- it, it does the film things where it's like, we need to explain this to you. Yeah. That's what, but, that was a really long build-up. <laughs> but no, no, that, that's fine. Be verbose. Yeah. That's, that's a podcast. It's about talking mm-hmm. to you. We but, have um, to edit it. Um, what? <laughs> you have to edit it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I'm great at that. Or I'm, I'm okay enough at it. But, no, and I agree that Get Out is the most personal film, I think, of his filmography, um, so far because it deals with race the most like it's directly about a black man being a white family and and then also it turns into a horror movie from that but even the horror movie itself is about the black experience in a white america but although us and nope do address race in interesting ways it's far less direct and it feels far less personal because how race is portrayed in those movies is different than how it's portrayed in get out they're they're used differently thought about when us and i guess nope came out and people responded to that because they wanted more of the race commentary uh-huh. i was thinking about um a book i really love you've heard me talk about it. i have uh, heard you i know which one you know it is which right? one. it's james baldwin's um giovanni's room mm-hmm. and if you don't know who james baldwin was i think he passed maybe late, late 80s but he was a very famous um black writer black american writer he moved to paris at some point and wrote there just because he felt that as a man and as a writer it was it wasn't um conducive to his life or his health to remain in a racist america so instead he moved to paris and he wrote there and he wrote really well he's a very very excellent writer i think sunny's blues is a good story to start with if you mm-hmm. just want like a taste um but giovanni's room i think was his sophomore novel and there aren't any black people in that book the main character we're told like is described in a reflection on the very first page and he's like this blonde american and um he is a closeted gay man who falls in love with this other man giovanni and um i'm told that i think i read somewhere that one of the reasons he wrote the book without um without a black character as his main character like his first novel go tell it on the mountain had and as other people had expected from him was one because he didn't want to get he said he didn't want to get pigeonholed as like a race writer and he also thought that the stories in order to tell all the stories that he wanted to tell he couldn't necessarily include black characters because he thought it would be almost like too distracting too much Mm -hmm. which i might i might i'm I'm sure i'm not stating it as eloquently as he did i mean He's an amazing writer. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I was thinking about that when people came up with those criticisms. And what I like, especially about Jordan Peele films, and of course he does well because he has that experience, is um, that now we have these these films, these horror films with black characters. It's traditionally a genre that doesn't have very many black characters that at least seen in mainstream stuff and like this is a summer film we're talking about big blockbuster and um obviously they they experience like being they experience being the race they are uh and in the context they're living in like the united states but it's not always the the focal point yeah and i like that because i feel like um we're i like to think we're moving away from it but there's a thought in the United States that for media by minorities, um, non-white people, non-white artists, about non-white um, people, non-white characters to be profitable, to be something worthy of consumption, that they have to like parade their parade like my like minority trauma (laughs) yeah sounds funny yeah and um it's exploitative yeah 
there is a really i forget what stream i think it's on whatever the I'll, I'll link it below but it's a horror streaming service and i've talked about this horror movie or it's a documentary about horror movies but it's specifically about um black people in in horror in a western horror movies since like the dawn of horror movies and they talk about this evolution and jordan peele's in it as well and i've watched it and it's great but they talk about this evolution how there is this cultural shift from and this is important because jordan peele talks about a lot about race in his movies about how black people are perceived in horror movies how at first they were actual literal monsters because of racism they were like oh the black man is gonna kidnap your wife and murder people because racism uh, and then it turned into well, that became socially unacceptable so instead they started focusing on them as victims in movies like oh we can have them like always get murdered yeah, the most gruesome way they're, and they're always the first to die it's yeah. them or it's like it's some like pretty girl yeah <laughs> yeah but and what I love about Jordan Peele's movies is he's aware of the history of not just horror movies but also race in America mm-hmm. and I think what nope does and also just genre and sp- as well he is re- he Does really he, knows his genres does he do any other writing like besides filmmaking uh, like key and peel which is like comedy sketches mm-hmm. but it's I, like i know about that i was just curious if you wrote essays or anything uh, probably. You know, i love essays you That's do love I essays, I love essays. <laughs> <laughs> but um but i really like i really like his movies because of the way they tackle race and i think the criticism and this is something i heard about nope as well as us is that it doesn't have the same culture cultural and racial commentary that get out does but I think that's unfair because of what these mov- what those movies are both trying to do. I think although Get Out is his most personal and his most like um, internal film about his own struggles, I think Get Out. Oh, sorry. I think Nope and Us are far more about the characters than they are about the world around them. Because Get Out specifically talks about the experiences of a black man in America mm-hmm. and the experiences of that, whereas Us and Nope are more so about the specific characters and the situations that they're in. They're a bit more traditional in the horror movie aspect in that way. And I think what Nope does along with us, but Nope does it I think a little bit better, is it really focuses on the relationship of the characters in the horror setting. And I guess this is now we're on I guess now we're talking about Nope finally. We'll do spoilers and non spoilers, but we'll do non spoilers. Don't first listen to this if you haven't seen all of Jordan Peele's films. Yeah, I'll put that like, at the beginning. Why, but why are you here? I'll we won't spoil nope and if we do we'll do it at the end and we'll say specifically but um what i really like about nope is it really is about the relationship between the two main characters that's mm-hmm. the real emotional heart of this movie and their interactions with one another like they really push one another the brother and the sister combination of one another mm-hmm. to really push each other and advance the plot because it's because of their direct actions with one another and how they influence each other to do things and he's really, really good at character. He's really good at building that those relations between characters and making his protagonists seem important and making them seem relevant and very impactful to the plot. Something I see a lot in, in freshman and sophomore films is that directors and writers sometimes struggle with how do we tell the story, but also how do we involve the characters. This is a problem in a lot of fiction. But you need your characters to have prerogative. You need to have them to have the drive, this drive the story. It can't be the other way around. And he's excellent at this. And Nope is a great example of how to get your characters to keep advancing the plot, even when up against something that seems like it would control the situation completely. Like, uh, the I can spoil this because it's in the trailers, but because of the ailing and thing that they're, that they're experiencing. There's a lot of words I just said, Natalie. Are you okay? Yeah, I was just wondering, um... Sorry. What, gonna, what, what do we want to start with? Well, you can start with whatever. Just start, just go. What did you think um, of the movie in general? Of the nope. word nope was used fewer times than I expected, but it was present. So it, if that's why you're going to see the film, it's there. It was, in fact, in the movie. Mm-hmm. I was, I was. It's one of those movies where they say the title of the movie in the movie, and everyone's like, eh, they said the thing mm-hmm. in the movie. I, I always enjoy when they say the movie title in the I movie. I think the movie title is probably one of the the biggest jokes in the film. Like, yeah. There's a lot of like little one-offs, but... He's great at his comedy. Yeah, it's <laughs> He's funny. funny. He's a, mm-hmm. like, he's obviously was gained his notoriety from being a comedy writer for, and a comedy mm-hmm. performer for the last tw- uh, 15 years, I think, no, now. I think we should start with. What? So, I took, um, I graduated college in May, so I am now a a nine to five type adult <laughs> um but before i graduated my last semester i took a on um 
uh, yeah, horror class. It was a 400 level cl- horror class. Uh-huh. And we had a group chat, and then, like, people so- still sometimes text in it. There's some people who are still in the, the town where I went to college. And, um, so, we saw it, uh, Friday night after it came out. Yeah. It came out on a Thursday, we saw it on a Friday. Uh, but that weekend, people were texting in the chat, and they're like, oh, have you seen Nope yet? Should we go see Nope? And then someone said, oh, I saw it, I liked it, but I didn't think it was a horror movie. Which so is, I want to start with that, because I disagree, I do think it's a horror film. I think it's a horror movie mm-hmm. as well, but I think, I kind, I do kind of agree with them. I think this draws a lot more from sci-fi, and I think mm-hmm. this draws a lot more from westerns than it does horror movies. This is a scary movie, do not get me wrong, it's, there are um, very frightening it's, it's, sequences. It's unnerving. Yeah. Yeah. There's one sequence in this movie that had me, like, I, I didn't want to watch it, and yeah. it happened kind of again in the movie, so, and I was like, I can't watch this what's again. What's really interesting about this film, I feel like, one, one of course, Jordan Peele's getting more money with every film that comes out. I mean, a July release, and yeah. it made, like, record sales, so he, I, he gets more of a budget. I've joked that but... he's he's moved up. Like, he was a, fe- Get Out was February, mm-hmm. um, Us was, I think, March or Spring, and now mm-hmm. he's in, like, July. He's, like, a summer mm-hmm. blockbuster release what's guy. What's weird about it is, like, I don't think really, I don't really think people know how to categorize him. Mm-hmm. Like, remember when we were in the film, um, not the film, we were not in the film. <laughs> we, we were there! In, yeah, we were there. We got eaten by the monster. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, oh, we were in the theater, mm-hmm. and before the theater, we were kind of laughing, so, you know, like, they show you, um, trailers, and they're, like, suggestions about what you, what they think you, you might want to watch, yeah. um, based on what you're watching now. So, we were, Nope, of course, is a horror film, as I will argue. With um, black characters produ- made by a black black director, written and directed by a black man. Mm-hmm. And so we got horror movies with white people, <laughs> <laughs> and then we got movies with black people. Yeah. Not horror, just like, and like, it's, it's... it was interesting because like, I, I understand why they were showing it, it makes sense, like I do, like, so there were a couple films where like, oh yeah, we should go actually see that. Yeah, yeah, some of them look but, cool. Um, that one with Idris Elba and the lion. Oh, that looks a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, that looks there's, there's so movie, cool. There's a movie coming out where Idris Elba has to like fight a lion. It's in Jaws. <laughs> it's Jaws with a lion. <laughs> yeah, it's Jaws with a lion. It looks so cool. Yeah, but um, I feel like one thing that's int- about Jordan Peele is that um, a lot of times people like to categorize things like oh, so and so is a like makes horror films. So and so makes like really serious dramas. So and so only makes comedies, but we've got Jordan Peele, whose um, first film like kind of established him as like um, minority issues type. Mm-hmm. That's where they want people wanting to pitch, pigeonhole him. And then Us is like kind of an art house film of a horror film. I it is. Argue. Yeah, I would I would argue so that there's too. that. And then now we have like these really like cinematic, beautiful shots. Like we should look up the name of this. Oh, we should have looked up the name of the cinematographer again. For Nope. Yeah, I did. I, I did lo- look I it up. I know I looked it up a few times. Yeah, I did look but it up. Really it's some like IMAX award-winning interstellar guy. But really, really beautiful special effects. Yeah, and um, shots and things like that in sci-fi, like very large picture. And I, I just don't think people really know where to put him. <laughs> but but that's what I think yeah. makes him a good oh, director. Yeah, I agree. It's like he he does have a link. Like he does mm-hmm. traditionally make horror movies at this point, unless out of mm-hmm. nowhere he decides to drop like. I think. A sci-fi one thing that's consistent that you see in every single film, thematically, is um, how concerned he is about film itself, like how like how things are portrayed, which isn't just the the way of making films, but the way characters interact with media. Mm-hmm. Like in Get Out, of course, we have that like creepy documentary the family puts together. Yeah. <laughs> to make uh, what was Chris? Yeah. That's the main character's name to make Chris watch. And, um, then in Us, of course, there's that, that charity thing where they hold hands around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that becomes part of the film's mythos. Mm-hmm. And then, Nope is, um, it's about filmmaking, and it's also about exploitation. Yeah. I think. I, that's, no, that's definitely, mm-hmm. that's definitely oh, it. and then also the way he replicates shots. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. Which is really cool. Yes. I also think mm-hmm. um, the the special effects in this movie are great. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned that, and I, I honestly could not believe like there's a re- the 
at towards the end of this movie there's a really beautiful sequence featuring um like just the it's not really a spoiler but it's about aliens and ufos featuring like some ufos and aliens it's just the special effects and yeah, the way it's, it's presented um, are really fucking I beautiful designs that you know what i'm talking about yeah i know I what you're wonder, talking about yes I there i i know I, I think i could tell you in spoilers but i know where they got the design from and the inspiration for oh, it i know the inspiration it's really obvious it's just, I'm just like who actually made that oh yeah yeah but it's yeah. it's really well done and he's really good at balancing the special effects in this movie because mm-hmm. the budget on this is i don't know it was probably in the double I think digits it was 68 only 68 million yeah I don't I, I might be wrong guys it's something I, like I looked that. it up like a week ago or something but it's it's something like, like that but he's always able to do so much with so little in his movies mm-hmm. like the setting for this isn't all that interesting it's for the yeah, most it's part it's the ugly part of california yeah guys. it's the ugly part of california mm-hmm. that no one talks about in movies they always talk about hollywood and the glamour mm-hmm. and the glitz but this is just some dinky little desert ranch that races that raises horses is basically the setting for this movie mm-hmm. and it's about these two characters trying to overcome this overwhelming nature threat it really yeah. is a man versus nature story in every sense because the movie's real story is about the exploitation of animals or and people but nature is the device to tell I that i want to talk about the structure too because that was originally where i was going and mm-hmm. i got off track cause oh I that's always fine do. back on tangent everybody so um <laughs> <laughs> yeah you so get one t- thing if you i don't know what exactly the audience is of this podcast but you guys <laughs> normally watch you can say whatever you want dear just go um, don't worry if about you see if you've seen the film emma you know the Jane Austen adaptation with um what's her name Argentinian woman oh uh Anya Taylor Joy Anya Taylor Joy yeah so you know how they have um the title cards where it's each season mm-hmm. and it's just like a, a little narrative break and it almost feel like it feels like a chapter break yeah so no pass though so there are there's an interesting structure there uh huh and um it's pretty fun. Like, I think sometimes films do that when they don't know how to make transitions, but Jordan Peele, of course, knows how to make transitions. I was I was worried He's, about that when I mm-hmm. first saw the first couple chapter breaks, and I was like, oh, he doesn't know how to pace this. He doesn't know how to structure this. But then I realized by the end, like, oh, no, he did that perfectly. I didn't have that concern because, if anything, I think Jordan Peele is too sharp of an editor. Uh, because I, a, lot of, a lot of times I want, like, just, like, an extra two minutes. I'm like, okay, but what do they do next after all of this was over? Yeah. And he, we don't get that because it'd be gratuitous. His, it's, just, it's it's better the way he does it. The age-old rule of start in the middle and end in the middle mm-hmm. is an iron rule with this man. He knows exactly how to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, he starts in the middle of the action, he ends in the middle of the action. What, and that's that's great really for the audience. sharp about is, yeah, he always, he doesn't resolve everything. Like, um... Which is good, though. But he does, like, like it's, what's interesting is usually... I'm, I'm talking about Nope. How Nope starts is there's, um, there's a set of problems. Yeah. But then very quickly we get a hierarchy of those problems. Yeah. And the film prioritizes some of them and others just kind of go unresolved. So we're like, well, I don't really know what's going to happen with that. I mean, you could probably guess. It's yeah. not that interesting. But, the, but not everything is resolved. But the best part about it is even though he re- leaves his kind of, some, I don't even want to say he leaves plot threads un- unresolved because he doesn't because... The actual story is resolved. The story he wants oh, to tell is. and the characters just saying, have been um, wrapped up. He's not like, oh, everything must be fixed. Like you have the you have the idea that for the characters who are left at the end, life goes on for them. Like they still have things to do. Yeah, which is something mm-hmm. he does in most of his movies, and that's always what makes them feel really alive. And I think that's why people connect with them so much is because you're left thinking about these characters and the world they're in and how everything leaves off. You want to know more. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why his movies do so well is because people connect to that. I think I think a lot of movies have to, like, every little in-joke, every little thing, every little thing has to be wrapped mm-hmm. up in a perfect bow in a box. But he leaves it enough to where you've already gotten everything you need to resolve this emotionally but it leaves you understanding that there is still a higher, there's still more yeah. to go. And you um, like that. And the other structural thing I wanted to mention about Nope is, like many films, it has an A plot and a B plot, but mm-hmm. they're only thematically connected. Yeah. Like, they they do reference the B plot in the A plot, but it doesn't actually interact with the film like i was I, I i expected more of a cohesion and i'm not upset about that i don't want to, i don't want that to be a criticism because it's not i like it when um 
artists and creators to make decisions that are not are not typical, not what I would instinctually expect mm-hmm. of a media. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found that interesting, too, with the B-plot. Like, I mm-hmm. also kept waiting for the moments, like, how is this going to... How is this I, really going to tie that in? moment where I thought that a character from the B-plot had popped up. Yes. And I'm and like, it's so and so. And I, I, got, it, I got so scared. So that was, I guess that was effective. You thought it was this person. I was like, yeah. and you told no, me after uh, that, the... But you weren't supposed to. It was just me being stupid. Yeah, yeah. You just thought <laughs> that. But after me, I was like, why would you think that? But then I realized I also was waiting for the whole time yeah. for that, for the B-plot. And and I, this isn't... This isn't gonna spoil anything, but involves um oh what's his name? He it's Glenn from The Walking Dead. He's you see him in the trailer. He's like a cowboy in this movie. I don't remember what. But he's his his, um character name. I can't remember. I know he was in a movie called Kid Sheriff. Yes, he was. He he plays like a former. Should we call him Kid Sheriff? Let's call him Kid Sheriff. (laughs) Kid Sheriff. He he plays like a former child star, and he has a plot thread in this movie. Um, and you keep expecting it to come into play more directly mm-hmm. with the other characters, but it really doesn't. But it's still I like mean, you said, it's a thematic. I I do side think plot. if it hadn't been for um his um so the the side can we say when the side plot takes place? I think it's not a spoiler. Yeah, it's in the first five minutes. All right, so the side the B plot is um a scene from not a scene because it's like an. A, an occurrence yeah. from a film film shoot of a TV show he was on when he was a child, mm. and I think it was ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, nineteen ninety eight. So it's about twenty so the B, plus. The years. B plot takes place in nineteen ninety eight, and the main story is in present day, so twenty twenty two. Yeah. Um. But I I do think if it weren't for his experiences there, that the film wouldn't have happened. Yeah, because I think. Mm-hmm. Most people would say they don't really tie in, but it's a thematic tie-in, like you said. It, it explains is. also it explains also, um, his actions. It ex- uh, yeah, it's it's a pro- it's a very subtle propulsion. Yeah. For what happens in the film, so I do think it's important. It also and it adds a lot of depth. Like you could you could just have the a plot in this film, uh-huh. but you wouldn't get, I think, a a sharper, as clear of understanding of the the two themes I singled out earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, filmmaking and exploitation, like you, you would get them. I'm not saying that the a plot's too weak not to get that across. Yeah, but you wouldn't have it reinforced that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I agree, and I think his his sequence with the b plot has for most people the most frightening moment in the movie, mm-hmm. and a lot of the horror in this movie it, it's. I think why a lot of people struggle with saying that this is a horror movie, even though that is one yeah. of the scariest sequences I've seen in a movie in a long time. And there's I mean, like, both the A plot and the B plot do have really very scary, scary scenes. Like, there's that scenes. one that's really upsetting. Yeah, that I don't. Plot. Yeah. <laughs> but I think why people struggle to call this a horror movie and why some people are saying that it's not is because the the tension and the, the, the horror of the movie isn't throughout. It's only mm-hmm. within the dedicated scenes. And if you remove the mm-hmm. horror from those scenes... The movie and the plot and the story does still play out, and, like, mm-hmm. it does still function. Um, but I would still argue, though, that if I had to categorize this, mm-hmm. I guess it's a horror movie, but it also has a lot of it also has a lot of sci-fi. What's weird, too, is, um, unlike other horror films, and, like, even Jordan Peele, so in Get Out and in Us, the horror seeks out the characters. Yeah. And nope, the characters seek, seek out, out the, the horror. horror. Yes, which is really... It, it makes sense why they do it. Uh-huh. And it lines up with the whole exploitation plotline. Yeah. But it's it's so mm-hmm. cool that's the reason why. Because oftentimes in the horror movie, like you said, the characters are running from the big bad guy. In mm-hmm. this movie, they're like, no, we're going after it. We're trying to seek it. And I think that makes it scarier. Because you know the characters are up against this overwhelming force that you genuinely don't think that they can overcome. Mm-hmm. But they have to try. They're really trying. And you understand why they're doing it the whole time. And you sympathize with them more. Mm-hmm. And you're scared for them more because you want them to accomplish their goal. If they were running from the threat, you'd be like, well, they can get away if they just try a little harder. And this, you're like, I don't know if they can overcome this because they're running at it. Yeah. And I think he does an excellent job at keeping the tension throughout the movie and keeping the stakes going higher and mm-hmm. higher and finding clever solutions around things. I will say, however, I think this movie struggles balancing its characters as well as Oscar yeah, Get Out so does. So, 
it has a much larger cast than either of those films, and I think that part of it is because this movie takes place over, like, a few days. I don't think it's quite a week, right? Yeah. And so Get Out is like maybe two a, days, maybe. maybe three days. And Us and is... And then a... Us is, is several hours. Yeah. <laughs> but I think my problem is I don't even think it's a bigger cast. I think it has roughly the same amount of characters. Remember, the characters aren't all in the same place, though. Like, oh, I, guess, no, yeah. I guess in Us, we have some... Like, there's two families in Us, right? And we have some scenes with just one family and just with the other. I just think in um, Us and Get Out, those ca- characters are in the movie for longer periods of time. Mm-hmm. They're they're throughout more. Where there are sec- There's a character in this who shows up in the first act and then the third act. And yeah. then that's it. You don't and we're see... like, oh, he's important. And what's kind of weird, too, is... um. Personally, maybe I would think differently if I went and I saw this film again, but he's played very differently in the first act versus the third act. And I agree. And I was like, wait, is this the same man? <laughs> I don't even think it's, like, a problem with the, how the character is portrayed. I think it's just the amount of screen time you get with him. Uh-huh. It's kind of so little that you kind of, you don't even really In the beginning, recognize. he feels like a background character. Yeah. Almost like and, a- Like, you don't expect to see him again. It's not like, oh, it's not like he's, um, underwhelming. He's not an underwhelming character, but, like, he acts... He... I don't know. You you expect... You just don't also, expect to see him again. He doesn't have a, a lot of dimension either. Yeah. I will say. I think he's the character that lacks the most, because mm-hmm. he's, um... He fulfills a purpose in the film. He yeah. has a He has a strong motivation. You understand that motivation. And, um... He is needed. Yeah. But, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. He, he feels very incomplete to me. Yeah. That's the thing. Is like, I just. Like, two, two I get why he's in the in film, it. I'm like, no person does that. Yeah, right. And <laughs> no that's, people don't behave that and way. Like, Jordan Peele's always been good at having his characters behave, behave realistically in horror settings, which is a yeah. problem in a lot of horror movies. People do things that only I, morons I would. understand who this guy is supposed to be. Yeah, but like, he, I, I recognize him. But, but he I'm feels like, like a caricature. Yeah, he is a caricature. That's why he feels like one. He like, is one. Like, it just is like, that's not a real person. No person would do that. I'm sorry, but no. Yeah, like, I don't... Like, there's, okay. there's all these shots of him in his house... Just yeah. hanging out by himself, and we're like, who who spends their time this way? He's doing the weirdest things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? What else? Oh, um, I liked how this movie was a bit of a western because I it like is a western. I like westerns a lot, and it also takes the approach that I like in some modern day westerns, where, uh, uh, traditionally in westerns in like the nineteen fifties and sixties, and mm-hmm. you know even before westerns are always like tubby forty some year old white guys mm-hmm. shooting big guns at minorities for committing crimes like that Are was there any guns in this movie i don't remember uh, i don't think so um but mm-hmm. that that's like always the western trope is like white guy with a cowboy hat but realistically cowboys back in the uh, 19th century they were they were mexicans they were black people they were asians yeah. they that those are the real cowboys of america most cowboys were mexican like immigrants who came to america looking for work and they became cattlemen yeah which and that's what i like about we this do, is um... But it's not like the film set up almost so that you could like imagine these characters are just direct descendants of that history. Yeah, but like, and that's why it's it's Actually, not the, a direct. The, stated the thing. siblings are our ancestors. Oh, yeah, they're ancestors um, of someone. Not ancestors. They have important ancestors. They're descendants. Yeah. Yes. But the movie doesn't directly say that to your face. It's just something I realize, and I'm like, there's no way Jordan Peele, with his attention mm-hmm. to detail in horror movies, and he knows his history well. For horror movies, he wouldn't know that about westerns. That like, let's take I think a western. Everybody knows that now, right? I, mean, I hope so, but yeah. I still see people when they talk about westerns. They still just think of it as like. Everybody just pictures John Wayne. Like, yeah. but, okay, a western you see on TV is different than like how things actually happened. Everyone yeah. knows that. Yeah, I know, mm-hmm. I know, but people still, when people see that so much, mm-hmm. they internalize that as like that but is how I the thing say, is. Um, one thing I like about this film is, so it's a sci-fi, mm-hmm. and it's, it's sci-fi western horror cross there which i think is what's confusing people yeah um you could set this back in the but, day and it oh yeah you could yeah that's but it's, fun. it's still very recognizable the b plot is actually i'm almost certain is based on a news story that broke in 2009 i looked up the date because i i thought it was like 2007 or 2008 when i was watching it but i, I remember 
I, I hate to interrupt. I want to talk about this in spoilers because it's a direct thing that kind of spoils the movie. I'm not. I wasn't gonna say. Oh, that okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, so, but, but I want to talk. It's about this based movie. on a, a news. I, I'm I'm almost certain it's based on a news story that broke in 2009. Mm-hmm. And I know that because um I heard about it. I was nine years old then. I, I might have been eight, eight or nine. And um, it freaked me out as a child. <laughs> it like was the foundation for one of my abiding fears that I still hold today. So yeah. I watched this film, and I recognized that freaking news story, and I'm like, this is terrifying. He also thought it was scary. What? <laughs> and I had kind of a similar experience in this as well, because... Did you, did you know about that? I don't remember. Uh, I, knew, I knew about the story, but I had not... There's a there's a visual cue in this movie that gives away what she's talking about, but I didn't know yeah. about the visual cue. I knew, like, yeah, this it's thing from, happens. Um, it's, it's a very... It's not... It was a very famous visual at the time. Yeah. It's very recognizable. If you know the story, if, you, if you've ever seen it, you recognize it immediately. There was something in this, though, that kind of was a similar thing for me, where I grew up in the southwest, Nevada, mm-hmm. uh, and so a lot... I grew up, like, near Area 51, near Air Force bases. Yeah, that's why I'm so weird looking. That's why I'm so weird looking. That's why I got <laughs> green skin, three eyes, four legs. It's, it explains everything, people. But this movie talks about UFOs and the the kind of the horror that people often talk about UFOs and UFO abductions and the mystery around them that real people who have actually been around those things talk about them. Like, I talk to people who are like, I knew a guy who went out of the night, there was a sudden flash, and he was taken into the sky, and we never saw him again. And they people genuinely believe this. Now, whether UFOs are real and aliens are abducting people is a whole nother thing. But really what the important thing is, it's by the which people talk about those things. It's how they approach the horror around the idea of, like, what if something actually was being stalked by a UFO? What if there was otherworldly beings on this planet? And I can tell Jordan Peele has a really familiar familiar background in UFOs or UAPs now. And they like actually aliens call and them UAPs in the film. It's yes. fun. And yeah. I like that because, like, a lot of people who make movies about, like, UFOs and aliens don't actually care about, like, the real... The, I, I say real in quotation marks. The real, like, theories and ideas around what aliens are. Most of the time, they're like, yeah, they're little green man in ships, and they come down, and they take... And they abduct cows. But there's actual, like, theories and thoughts and actual, like, scientific ideas around what are these things what could they be is there an actual explanation and how he presents those in the movie is really interesting because he's able to take that make it into a scary idea because you don't expect it you expect one thing and he gives you another thing with the aliens and you're like oh okay i see what he's doing here and he tapped into some of that my like my old like alien conspiracy UFO mind started kicking off. I'm like he's he knows about the thing from the thing that one time that happened, and all my conspiracy lights went off. Like this guy knows what he's doing, this guy right here. And I really like that. And I'm like he knows how to creep me out because aliens are creepy. They are weird. They would be scary, and the way he presents them say, is. Um, there's he he could have done Little Green Men, and I would have accepted that. He does not. Yeah. It's a very unique portrayal of an alien. It's like both scary and pretty. And pretty. Like I think a lot of a lot of times when we, they people try to make monsters in horror films they they just look so ugly. Yeah, they look ugly and gross, <laughs> but but most people are scared of ugly and gross. Instead uh-huh. in this he he tricks you. He presents one thing and he gives you another and by the end of it you're you almost are ha- there's like almost this melancholy feeling at the end when once the story's over, because you're like, I kind of want to see the alien more. You grow to actually like it in a way and understand why it's doing what it's doing and why the aliens and their mm-hmm. beings and the creatures are doing it's, what's going it's on. It's the kind of film I think would actually benefit from a rewatch. I think a lot of films, either you watch it again and you're like, wait, that doesn't add up, that doesn't add up, or you oh. just watch it again and think, that was good. But this one, I think it would... Because there is that mystery element, I think mm-hmm. it would be enjoyable to watch it just to see how it's constructed. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. a lot. I've rewatched it in Reg- my head. Regular <laughs> listeners will know this, but any Marvel movie that you rewatch is probably not very good. Most Marvel movies are not good uh, this at is all. Just on an aside. Yeah, and I don't want to talk too much about back Marvel off tangents. <laughs> um, but why is it that? The more Marvel films come out, the more they feel like short stories. 
Yeah, they never feel like... Yeah, I'm like, this doesn't feel like a full film. <laughs> this, they always feel incomplete. Yeah, or like... A this lo- is a or like, things happen, but I'm like, I forget about, like... I, I forget about some of the scenes, because they just don't seem relevant. Yeah. Like, I know you just did Thor Ragnarok, and I feel like that scene where they go to ask the other gods for help is partially just to lay the foundation for a Hercules movie. Yeah, and that, I mean, this is a common criticism with the MCU, is that, like, none of the movies ever feel complete. They just, every single one of this them is constantly building to new I things. I don't want to say that this is unique to Marvel movies, though. Like, I read a lot, obviously. Like, yeah. I, I, I did two English majors, because my college had four, and I picked two of them. <laughs> um, but, so I, I read a lot. I read, I read um, two and a half books this weekend, actually. Uh, but anyway, oh yeah, I've noticed that um, some recent contemporary debuts have mm-hmm. started to feel like short stories. Yeah. Just expanded. I, I've also, and not just in Marvel, but I've also seen that in some other movies too, where people kind of, I think a lot of the problem is there is always this traditional thought in writing where a lot of writers would start with short stories mm-hmm. and then move to novels, but there's a lot of people nowadays who just want to write well, novels, I and to be frank, they probably shouldn't. I actually think um, part of it, one, I've noticed there's been an uptick in MFAs, so that's a Master's of Fine Arts degree, mm-hmm. for those of you who do not keep up with MFA discourse, which <laughs> probably probably improve your life, but, um, <laughs> uh, but it's... um. You can get them in multiple disciplines, but creative writing is one of the most famous ones. You can do fiction or poetry, sometimes creative nonfiction or translation at a couple universities. But I've noticed that, um, one, there's been an uptake in writers who have MFAs getting published and things like that. And there's, and in MFA programs, you very, like, you you can write a novel, but a lot of programs instead encourage you to write a novella, because mm-hmm. you have to do a thesis project, so they encourage you to write a novella or a collection of short stories. Mm-hmm. And the workshops are set up around short stories, so we have people who want to write novels, but they've just been trained on short stories. Yeah. Which is totally fine. I'm like, I, I don't think that this is um, a new issue or a new criticism. I think it's just that we're both coming of age to notice it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... It was back on tangent yes, to know. Back, back to the film. It's not a literature <laughs> podcast. That is okay, dear. That's what the back on tangent name is all about. It's all about going back on tangent. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, do you want to just move to spoilers? I mean, I would. I would recommend go seeing this in theaters. Yeah, um, go see it in theaters. Go, go to an IMAX if you have one. Yeah, see if you can see it in IMAX. Mm-hmm. Definitely do. This is a definite. Sneak in your favorite, most outlandish snacks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what snack would you recommend with this movie? this movie gummy um, sharks i like gummy sharks oh interesting i would say gummy sharks because gummy sharks are fun i was gonna recommend something hybrid and strange like what <laughs> like like pumpkin pie cheesecake or something like that <laughs> like some like two things put we, together we have talked about sneaking cake in so many times and we, I, we could it just i have to actually make a cake because i feel like the grocery store cakes do not look I mean, they don't look great, but they'll be okay for the movie theater. They will be. Uh, but yeah, definitely see this in theaters. Um, Want to do spoilers now? I don't have much in spoilers. Yeah, yeah. But, um, that's, uh, by the way, we're in spoilers, so if you listen now, it's your own fault. That monkey scene is fucking creepy. It's a chimpanzee. Chimpanzee. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. It's uh, a, I want to say... Um, if it's tearing my so face off, I can a, call it whatever I want. It's a CGI chimpanzee, and yeah. you can tell it's a CGI chimpanzee, but I still think it looks really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had a guy pretend to be a chimpanzee. Isn't that funny? Oh, yeah. Emotion I, I know, I know they did, but, like, just imagine a, a man pretending to be a chimpanzee. I mean, they have people so pretend funny. to be, like, velociraptors oh. on Jurassic World sets, which is even funnier, because they have to crouch over near Chris Pratt and pretend to be dinosaurs. Um, what was I say? Oh, you know, um, you know, oh, yeah, um... I'm trying to think of how we want to structure. I guess it doesn't matter. It doesn't uh, matter. Just go. This is a, there's no structure. Just whatever comes to your but, head, go ahead. But you know how um, there is that disfigured woman yes. who comes and she sits in the audience when the alien monster comes down and meets everyone? Yeah. I thought that that was the, the mom of the show, right? Didn't you? I thought that was too. It's not. I looked up, because um, he calls her Mary Jo Elliott. 
Uh-huh. Right? Oh, it's the sister. And I looked at, yeah, it's the sister. Okay, grew that up. makes sense. Because yeah. he mentions having a crush on her, so I guess that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Which, so. like, I, I initially watched it and I thought that she was the mother. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. we think that because we're seeing her. I think it's because she's dressed really conservatively. She's dressed really conservatively and we see her as an adult. Mm-hmm. And that scenes we're like, oh, the mom. But mm-hmm. no, it's the daughter grown up, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was looking at the cast and I noticed that they had the child ac- actress listed as playing Mary Jo Elliott. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find who played her as an adult. Really? Yeah, because obviously it's not the same person. The The child is like 14 and it's not a 14-year-old in makeup. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I don't know who played her. Maybe, I'm like, I, maybe I could be wrong, but... Um, my least... <laughs> By least favorite, I mean scary scene in the movie for me is when they all get sucked up inside the alien and you see them like all like screaming in like mm-hmm. the alien esophagus. That scared the living getting, hell out of I me. I think they were getting crushed to death. Yeah. But like you hear it and you mm-hmm. see it. That was so pre- I hated that. It was so much. really unsettling. Oh, another thing this film does is like they have all these quiet scenes in the desert and there's like people talking just in the background, like echoes. Mm hmm. And it's so quiet, you could almost write it off as white noise. Like, you have to focus to hear it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a really good way, I think, to yeah. just use silence in an unnerving way. Um, oh, the setting. I, I don't know if I'm... I, I'll put this in spoilers. It doesn't matter. But the setting for this is beautiful. I love yeah. the landscapes. So and we're, in, we're in the part... I, is this what, what your town looks like? Pretty much. This is kind of the desert. Same kind of uh, desert landscape. He, lives, like he used to live in Lake Ellesmore. So oh, called, right? don't, don't worry about no. that. But I, I lived in Southern Nevada for a yeah, while. Yeah, uh, it was, um, we're, we're, we're not in the Southwest right now. <laughs> but yes, I did live <laughs> but, in Southern California yeah. for a bit, but this is... I thought you lived in the desert part, though. That's I why did. I mentioned it. Because this is the desert part of California. I don't think you ever see the ocean. No, It's you do just, not. like, very dry. But, like, what I love about this is the, he knows how to shoot this landscape really well, and he plays mm-hmm. with the landscape in it. And, like, the way he's able to, like, to hide the UFO behind the hills, the way he puts it through the mm-hmm. clouds, and, like, the landscape and geography. Where'd he grow up? I have no idea. Detroit. I'm just curious. Um, Detroit? Detroit. <laughs> Why is that your first place? Uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Uh, New York City. Uh, Seattle. I don't know. But he, he shoots the landscape really well, and he plays with it. And I, I like that, because, like, yeah, this is how this kind of area looks in the country. Um... And I, I enjoy that. I could tell he specifically picked out an area for the plot. He's like, I need these kinds of hills and these things around. But I, mm-hmm. I really like that. But it looked, um, it looked just like, um, what is it called? In Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's like something ranch, Spawn Ranch, I think. Yeah. The, it looks just the, like that. Yeah, the hippie ranch. Yeah, the hippie ranch where they would go and shoot the old westerns. Yeah. And they also, the other look, big location in the film is one of those, um, fake wild west towns you know mm-hmm. that parents take their kids to and you like go pay for gold been, and stuff like that I've yeah been i to went those. i went to that when i was a kid yeah i've been to those before man they those it looks exactly like that mm-hmm. it's all just kind of run down and never good like and that's kind of part of the charm but oh, he was born in new york city hey i mean I, a lot of people are born in new york city that's just if you run the numbers that's pretty commonplace but he... I don't think I know anyone who was born in New York City, personally. I don't know. I don't... Oh, I didn't know he was married to this lady. Oh, that's who he's married to. That's, uh... She's, isn't she on, like, Brooklyn 99 or she's something? She's also never seen on... I think Mad TV? He, he he was a Mad TV alumni, so that makes sense. Oh, okay. I so they're like... both comedians, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, yes. Anything else to spoil this movie? Any other spoiler parts? Um, we talked about the monkey thing. We talked about the him getting sucked in oh the sequence where they like kind of reveal the alien is like a creature he's a child yes <laughs> i'm just reading wikipedia um when he he talks when they actually reveal the creature and it's like full i guess evolution evolved mm-hmm. states at the end when it's like this like wispy thing that's an actual like depiction of an alien there's a conspiracy theory that's like aliens are actually like high altitude creatures that like don't exist in our light wave like we can't see them because they exist in like ultraviolet light and sometimes they dip into our light and they look like that they look like these kind of weird like like weird kind of tentacly strangely tied together creatures and they they kind of come down every now and again and eat people and those are the abductions that people talk about they're just but i like if it's one of those sea creatures that looks like it survived the meteorite yeah 
That's exactly yeah, what it looks, it looks like. Super it looks old. Like, it looks like if you found it in the ocean, you'd be like, oh yeah, it's been around since 40 million years ago. I forget ago. the name of it. Oh, I did. The animal. I, it looks like a specific animal. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it. I'm sure somebody else knows. But it's it's a, it's a beautiful looking creature. It is. And by the end of it, you... I mean, you also you're afraid for the characters, but you kind of... You kind of don't want it to die, and you're kind of sad when they defeat it, almost, because it is almost just, like, this innocent creature, or, like, it doesn't mean to be evil. It's not, like, mm-hmm. this malevolent evil thing. It's just reacting to the environment and the situation it's in. I mean, that ties into the whole exploitation theme, but it's just yeah, an it animal. it wouldn't be a problem if it weren't for Glenn from The Walking Dead. Beating it every yeah. week, horses. <laughs> that dude... Really should you think the news would have broke? They're like, hey, this guy it's in the so desert. Funny. Is he just like casually always inviting people to witness alien abductions and no one like mentioned anything about it? What I'd like too in this is by the end of it, you're not sure if it's actually an alien or if it's just a creature on Earth we haven't mm-hmm. like identified yet. And what I find I, that so what cool. What I like about I like that too, and I also like how the movie leads you on unless you think it's a UFO, and then you realize that for it's actually so, a creature. Yeah, for so long it makes you think it's a UFO, mm-hmm. and I thought the design of it was really cool. <laughs> Remember what I told you in the theater? What? I don't know if you want it on your. You podcast. can put it on. It's fine. Oh yeah, it looks like yeah, yeah. It yeah, looks yeah. like a big old yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But people, once if people, you if you have eyes and you've been human, you'll know what it looks yes, like. Yes, you're <laughs> like, why does it look like that? But I, I kind of like that because it, uh, it made... I feel like he did that so someone could write a paper about it. And he did hilarious. do that so someone could write a paper about it. He definitely yeah. did. But, like, I think that's that's one trope before us, taking, like, not comforting, but familiar things we see and turning it and corrupting them. That's a common mm-hmm. horror thing. But I, I really like the design of it. Um, I loved Kiki Palmer just trying her best to get a photo of this damn thing and being so mad she uh, couldn't. You know that opening scene where she's, like, talking about the black jockey on the first film ever and how, how he was her grandfather yeah and um I, lo- I looked it up we don't actually know who that black jockey was do we not know no we know the name of the horse but not the man who rode the horse what the, the heck I well and i guess that's her point in her little monologue that they didn't yeah. know the man and she claims so yeah. that they were the great uh-huh. great ancestors um yeah. oh he- keith david i think is the actor's name he plays the dad in this movie He's only he's in, in there. He's very, very briefly. He's in the movie for like less than five minutes in total. He's such a good actor, but I oh, love yeah. that he's in this. That man needs to be in a western though, if he hasn't already. Like a full blown, he needs a role in it because he's such a good actor. He's so yeah. underused and underappreciated. I do love the family dynamic in this film. Mm-hmm. Kiki Palmer's just a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. She's one of those actors who acts with their body and not just their face. Yeah. You know. Or their teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Calling you yeah. off, Kira Knightley. I've called her out before. It's I mean, okay. She does have beautiful teeth. Yeah, she does yeah. have beautiful teeth, but so does Tom Cruise. Does Tom, Tom Cruise does not have beautiful teeth. He does have beautiful There's teeth. There's nothing wrong with them, but his teeth are all crooked in his mouth. They're not remember? crooked. No, he's got the... He just has a center they're, they're tooth. Offset. They're offset. That's yeah, weird. that's all. But, like... I don't... Nothing against Tom Cruise's teeth. They do look fine. <laughs> but I, I want to be like... We're not trying to call out teeth here. I want to be like most beautiful teeth. Tom Cruise. I would pick a different person. You know first. what I mean, though. Just celebrities in there. I would pick like Anne, ha- Anne Hathaway or something. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, trying to think of other things. That, any, any other spoilers? Um, it's uh, good length. It doesn't mm-hmm. hand, hand around for too long. It uh, ends oh. on a good note. I like that. It, I like that it has a good There's... happy ending. It has a good western ending where the heroic cowboy rides again. I um... and I really like that. I like that it has a good little ending. I know this isn't really a spoiler, but I forgot to mention it earlier. Yeah, you can I love. I love the lighting in the film. Oh yeah. Um, you can always see people. Like it's yeah. it's it, it'll be pitch black nighttime in the de- in the desert, and we're like, we still know who um. So OJ is. One of the main characters' names, Otis mm-hmm. Jr., he's play, played by, I don't know how to say his last name, Daniel Kaluuya? Something Kaluuya, like that. I... Ka- Kaluuya. The but handsome he... black man who was in Get Out. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Get Out, he's the, like, war general I think he was in Black on, Panther. He was in Black Mirror, too. I think he's a British guy, right? Is he? Is he British? Yeah, he seems British. Yeah, he seems he, British-ish. He does seem British. He's British-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> British-ish is a word we use a lot on this podcast. But, um, 
they say? Oh, that there's a... Yeah, there's a lot of scenes where it's just him in the dark, and they do a really good job of, like, framing his silhouette mm-hmm. so that you can see where he's where he's going. Yeah. Where he's looking and he's, things like that. He's so good in this movie, man. Oh, yeah, he's great. Yeah. He, um, he, he doesn't have a lot of lines. But that's... Like, he's a shyer character, mm-hmm. so he's... And he's supposed to be more reserved, so he's kind of reserved in how he moves. Mm-hmm. But you... You still know what he's thinking. Like, he's... And he's he's probably... He's one of the most intelligent characters in the movie. Yeah. Like, he'll problem-solve without telling anyone. He'll just do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's very proactive, yeah. and that's what makes mm-hmm. him fun. Is that, like, every time the characters are trying to quit, trying to give up, he's really... He's so resilient. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... I love how he's dressed, too. He looks exactly like a farmer. Exactly. A he he's looks just, so much like a rancher. Just kind of dirty mm-hmm. jeans and a t-shirt and... Well, he wears those long sleeve shirts that are brightly colored, you know, you see on guys who work outside in the summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What else? Uh, I thought this was... I think I enjoyed this more than Us overall. Um, I think I... It's more fun. Um, yeah, go on. Go I was on. just I think I enjoyed this more than Us. I think it's just... Um, I, I think it's just really well shot. I think this is his most beautiful movie. Mm-hmm cinematography wise and i think that's because he got a well-known cinematographer for this mm-hmm. maybe they are in the other movies i don't know but i just notice it more in this one I the sound design well shot though oh it is they're all when i was talking about the silhouette stuff i was also thinking of the ballet fighting scene they have in yes Us with the scissors yes that seems mm-hmm. so cool dude <laughs> um but he he's this is great man this is like it's amazing that he's released three great movies in a row um, I know some people were disappointed by us. I still really enjoy it because it's I a great horror movie. I think people didn't know how to watch us. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people watch it and they say, it didn't make sense. And I'm like, it, the explanation didn't make sense because it was a made-up explanation. They don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's the point of the movie is that no one knows. That's yeah. the scary part. But that's, yeah. But nope. Um, or Sorry, yeah, nope. Also, this thing about this movie in general I should have mentioned, but it's funny. Like, it, it is funny, but he doesn't do the Marvel thing where... He breaks the tension and ruins the pacing. I put him in jokes. It it all feels it's natural. It's like in between siblings humor. Yeah, and that's what makes it. He's, I think that's he's what good I like. like little situational humors too. Mm-hmm. I think us is. I'd actually, if we're gonna compare with us, us is a funnier moment. You know, when Elizabeth Moss is getting murdered by her murdered, double, <laughs> and, and she's <laughs> like, "Alexa, call the police," and it starts playing "Fuck the Police." <laughs> that's and hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. I think that's probably the best joke in his movie so far. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I thought I thought this was really great. I'll definitely want to see this again at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd go see it again. But you would, yeah. I'm I'm not gonna pay for that because, I I have you know bills and stuff. But yeah, I mean I I don't know. Do you have anything else to say before we just wrap it up? Um. Honestly, you've I been a better host. <laughs> if Kyle was listening to this, you've been a better host than Kyle ever has. You're far prettier. You're you far know, better. Do you know what Kyle looks like? Yes, I know what Kyle looks like. Oh, how, how am I supposed to know that? I've seen Kyle. I know what Kyle looks like. What does Kyle look like? He looked like... Oh, a... have to, should, we, should we not describe him here, though? <laughs> he, he's uh, seven feet tall. He weighs 400 pounds, pure muscle. He's got that Dorito body. So like he has David Bowie eyes. He's got David Bowie <laughs> eyes. He can take a shotgun blast standing. He eats nails for breakfast. And he's got the biggest arms you've ever seen in your life like they're super muscular uh she looked at me so i didn't say the other word and he's yeah he's He's, more of a man than i'll ever be (laughs) it's basically what i'm saying and yet you're still a better host than he ever has so thank you for being here i really appreciate it um kyle will be back uh, be back eventually i don't know what is kyle doing he's just hanging out with some friends he's having a good time he's (laughs) had friends over right now so he's you know forgot about me and our the, the most important thing in his life, which is podcasting. So I'll forgive him, though. I'll find it in my heart. Um, yeah, anything you want to say before we sign it off? I'm glad Lucky made it. I'm glad Lucky made it, too. <laughs> I'm really glad. I was I was worried about the horse because... Mm-hmm. Well, like, he, ten other horses did die. <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't want this one to die because enough horses had died. Yeah. He was a beautiful horse, and I was rooting for him, and he made it through. Um... I, and, uh, and I, I guess on that note, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, if you want to email us or tweet us, you can tweet us at Twitter. We have all that information in the just description below. Email, Twitter. 
Uh, you can yell at us for our opinions. Natalie won't see them, so if you have anything to say to her, just say it to me. And... I don't read the ramblings. Yeah, she doesn't read the ramblings, so, like, you know, it's fine. Um, if you've seen up, let us know. And, um, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. Natalie, anything to say before we... You like Sweda. Oh, yeah, I already, we already did. We've said goodbye three times. We've said it's goodbye. Like, it's, okay. This this is a very Midwestern goodbye. <laughs> what? You know, you always have to say goodbye like ten times oh, before yeah. you actually leave, and then you end up with like some Tupperware. Yeah, in the Midwest, yeah, you say goodbye <laughs> seven times, and they're like, oh, right, before you go, and then you hand them like a Tupperware of like cheeses or cookies or... You know the people do the thing where it's like, oh, I you gave me, um... I don't know, some cake, and I had to return the Tupperware. And look, I made more cakes. Now it's in there, and now yeah. you're just stuck yeah. delivering it's this, cake. It's this <laughs> endless loop of delivering cheeses and cakes and baked goods. Why do you still. say cheese? We've never just given people cheese. I think it's funny, because it's funny to describe that to people and make them think that in the Midwest no. we just give each other Tupperware no, and cheese. Because <laughs> that's um, how we do it out Midwestern, here. And my, my Midwestern foods, like people are like, oh, chilies is so Midwestern. I haven't eaten in a chili in like 17 years. <laughs> like most things people think are Midwestern. I, I do think, not think most people actually do that. I don't think I've ever been to a chili's. Like ever. I think I was at one once, maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure. I've Ugh. never eaten, pa- I've never had um, pasta and hot dogs or mac and cheese and hot dogs together. Uh, people do that. I've never had that's that. The, this is bad. That's just the scut. I don't like that at all. Why'd you make our listeners hear that? I've um, I've never had one of those Nick- Snickers salads. I think that's a Minnesota thing. That's a Minnesota I, yeah, thing. Some of these Minnesota. are just state things, though. Yeah, that's but true. not Midwest. That's true. Midwest would be like. I uh, would try a Snickers salad. Actually, it's just never been offered to me. <laughs> I would never try one. Why not? All right, I'll try it. Why not? Yeah. Um. But yeah, thank you everybody, and uh, thank you for listening to that quick Midwest dining experience ramble, and thank you everybody. Have yourselves a great day, and go nope your way out of here. I, I don't know, I don't know how to end. I never know how to end these. And I Kyle, think normally you just hit that red button that says stop. Oh yeah, you should just do that. <laughs> Kyle says sometimes he just stops midway. He's like, we're just going to end it in the middle. I'm like, that's a good idea. 